Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, TTA's CEO and President Jocelyn. Maria Melfa and talent <laughs> that manager That was Jocelyn like Allen. the best one yet. You just did a full 360 chair dance. I think everybody heard it because they took the microphone with me. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you, Maria? Good. We haven't seen each other for a few weeks. It seems like a few months. I know. It's very sad. It, it has been is. a while. You left me to my own devices uh, last week. I know. I always miss you when I don't I see you. I'm happy to have you back, I my know. friend. Absolutely. Happy, happy to be back with you. So, are we talking about... Christmas music today, or are we talking about something else? Well, I think that based on the conversation prior to this, our guest is really prepared for anything. We're feeling a little tis the season in here, but I do believe we're here for a different reason. Okay. Okay, then. So I believe we're talking about career mapping, which is a very good topic. And it's so much needed, not only for the professional, but for organizations. So a recent study by Gartner reveals that less than one third of employees have a clear career progression plan for their next five years, a situation that could tend to lead to a significant organizational challenge. High turnover, disengagement, skills gaps. And compromised succession planning are just some consequences that can all have damage on an organization's competitive edge and attractiveness to talent. In this episode of Bring Out the Talent, we are joined by our friend from Dublin. No, he's not there anymore. He's from, he's now in South Carolina, Paul McLaughlin who's an expert leadership development consultant and executive coach who also has a PhD in instructional design and educational technology. We will dive into the nuances of career mapping, discuss how to cultivate significant career advancements, synchronize personal career goals with overarching organizational objectives. Wow. And we will also discuss the essential skills that will dominate the professional landscape in the upcoming years. So, welcome, Paul. Thanks, Maria. Nice to be here. You, you, in the introduction there, you made me think, I'd like to be that guy, whoever you were talking about. So, <laughs> we'll see if I can, well, what steps I can take towards being that fella. Um, Surprise, it's time. you. Exactly. <laughs> I know it. Thanks for joining us, Paul. We're very excited to have you here. And as Maria mentioned, like pre-intro, this is such an uh, an important topic that maybe isn't something that organizations are investing in as much as they should be. So can we talk about what career mapping is and why it's more important than ever to for professionals to have a career map in today's rapidly changing work environment? Yeah, yeah, very good. So, well, well, obviously, Maria, that's 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 that just sort of rolled out at the beginning there. Really reinforces the importance of of this topic, both from the individual and the organizational perspective. So, there's hoping we'll get a chance to to sort of line with that throughout this conversation. But when I think about uh, why this is important for professionals, individuals at this point in time, I think of three major things. 
but we're all being aware of technological advancement, automation and AI, and then personal fulfillment. We, we see this sort of on an ongoing basis that the, the rapid pace of technology and innovation, it's transforming industries and job roles. And so to be able to stay updated on emerging technologies and how to be able to adapt uh, your skills or our skills to remain relevant to the job market is ever more important. I mean, career mapping all, like, obviously helps us to identify the skills and knowledge required for any future roles that align with where we want to go in our careers. Um, I also think about automation and AI, and uh, we obviously can't ignore the impact that they're having and will continue to have on organizations and the roles that they need to achieve their goals. So when we adapt the lens that we can identify which roles are likely to be disrupted as a result of automation or AI, we can then proactively identify roles and the sorts of skills that uh, will enable our individual career development opportunity. And then finally, there's this personal fulfillment piece, which I think it's more and more common. People are increasingly seeking fulfilling and purpose-driven work and career mapping enables individuals to align their skills and interests, values that they hold with their career choices and direction. And so any career map that is going to be built with a clear understanding of what is important to the individual as well as provides them the foundation for pursuing their own growth. That's excellent detail and a really thorough explanation of, of what it means personally and professionally to plan ahead and be strategic and honing in on your own skills in order to project you on the path that you are meant to be on. How can managers effectively initiate and support this in their, like with their team members? Like, how do you keep them engaged? What do the conversations sound like? Well, gee, that's, that's, that's a really good question, especially given like everything that goes on with being a manager these days and finding time to make room for this in those ongoing conversations is becoming ever more important or critical, or at least I believe so. So uh, I think there, I think back about this, let me start over here. Um, so this is a great question. And I believe that initiating and supporting career mapping and career development conversations fosters growth and development for both the individual and the organization. And on top of that, they rise engagement within the workforce. The bedrock of any effective conversation that's focused on career development is trust and open communication. And this allows for and enables an honest, open, transparent dialogue between the manager and their employee to take place. So prior to initiating the conversation, I think it's important to spend a moment to consider the current state of the relationship and how to open that conversation. Then it's also important to understand what the individual's career goals are. Many of us start out with a long-term goal or vision for our career without having a clear idea of how we will get here. And this is where the manager can offer valuable support, one with their experience and two with their insight into maybe what the organization needs and what might be missing in their current state of skills in order to help that individual move and progress forward. And then once you get that understanding of the individual's career goals, it's important to explore how their current role aligns with that long-term goal and how that current role and the skills that they have in their current role will enable them to support their growth and performance in the next role that they're seeking to attain. So I think at this point in time, it's important to 
not only evaluate the skills and the needs, the opportunities that are there, but to offer constructive feedback on strength areas, areas for improvement, potential growth opportunities, opportunities that may exist beyond that current role within the organization. And this provides clarity as well as a, a goal that goes a long way, I should say, towards building and maintaining that trust between both parties in the conversation. So are there any, uh, partic- yeah. are there any particular steps that the organization can do to help um, help the individual with career mapping that will meet their, their needs? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really good that you bring that up, Maria, because I think this has to be attacked from both sides. So there's obviously the individual perspective, which we're often focused on from a self-perspective, but what's the organizational perspective and what strategies can they implement in order to ensure that there are the career mapping and understanding of future needs and direction the company are clear. So any career mapping activity needs to align with the direction the company is going. And that means like a close alignment with the strategy and the business goals that the organization is seeking to attain. And so the first step is to ensure that the career mapping exercise is directly linked to what that long-term vision business strategy is. Building on that, it's important to have like, the regular workforce planning assessments that identify current skills within the organization. And that will also enable the organization to compare their current state with the future needs and direction that they're taking. And the outcome for this would likely be insights into the strengths and gaps that exist at a macro level within the organization and can even be brought down into the uh, individual business areas where there might be differentiation among sub-skills. I could imagine. Um, Oh, sorry. No, no, go on. I can imagine that career mapping is a lot more difficult in larger organizations than small. I know for obvious reasons, but for large organizations, because things don't change as quickly, small organizations, they might not have as many open positions. So they they both present, I guess, different challenges and opportunities. What What do you see? I think that's this a really good point. So obviously, I think the, with larger organizations, the complexity is there. With smaller organizations, they, however, they may not have the resources available to do this. So this may get overlooked at times because it is not something maybe that they, they have a clear line of sight on, given the resources that they have available with this. But um, back to your point about, say, the complexity involved from a large organization's perspective, I think there's another uh, layer to that that I'd like to sort of add to the conversation, which is the need for collaboration. This can't be something that's sort of done from one central HR organization or one talent team. It has to be done in partnership with the business leaders and with the business. It's not something that is done for the business to the business, but rather uh, has a partnership with that. And we all know that um, collaboration requires effort on all sides, uh, not only alignment with the goals uh, of the organization, but just working teams, finding the right resources, the right people to solve for this on an ongoing basis. So that just adds an extra element of complexity in this. But I think most organizations can solve for these problems if they just go into it with the right plan and the right people in place to, 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 to do this on a, on a consistent and ongoing basis. Yes, especially the way things are changing now. I can imagine just how challenging this is. 
Yeah. And again, as I mentioned, like even with the individual conversations that might be taking place between the manager, a manager and their direct report, it's hard to find time for, for this. It's also hard to, t- to find time for organizations to, I think, implement this as a robust process. But one of the other things with the pace of changes, it would need to be, while it needs to be robust, it needs to be agile. Pace of change is driving changes in skill sets. On an ongoing basis, we see digital transformation rapidly driving change within the, uh, the organizational process, how they work, people and skills that are needed in order to keep those processes moving forward. So like everything else, yes, it's, it's difficult, but I think it's critical that both individuals and organizations uh, do the thinking on this and then have processes and processes that are able to adapt to what those ever-changing needs are. Can't do this one and done and go back to it in five years, in my opinion. Yes, you hear all over the place now everybody's concerned about AI taking away jobs. So that adds, a, adds another level to this all. You say yeah. recently, Maria, that like there's there's little, like as far as we are with AI, I think you shared with me that one of like some of the basic skills that new workers are looking for are things like Excel. And like stuff like that. So it's like just as much as like AI, we're concerned about AI. It's like we we've lost those kind of like fundamental business type of things that like I had to I had to pass three classes on Excel to like move on to the next class in college kind of thing. And I know yeah. like that's neither here nor there I, I where know, you get it funny. from. Yes. But like there's there's these skill progressions and then a ton and then these futuristic things that like Marty McFly was talking about. Right. <laughs> and then there's also like people who, who don't know how to code, like do codes in Excel without the use of like TikTok or something, showing them something quick and simple. So it's like, I, I just throwing that in there. Cause it's like, I like there's so, there's so many sides to this coin here. It's a cube, but you know, it's not a coin. You like that? I'm going to tag it. Cheese. Maria's pointing at me cause, I, cause I said cube, not a coin. So now I'm going to, Hashtag it I on my LinkedIn like profile. That. That's great. Multi-dimensional thing is what you're getting at there, yeah, Jocelyn. Exactly. It, it, it absolutely is, and it's constant. It's spinning as well uh, at the same time. So it's, it's 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 ever changing. So yeah, you nailed it. So how do we? How it, it, and there's like a bunch of reoccurring themes here too, because you're talking about t- like time investment and like making this robust. You're talking. I've heard you say trust a bunch of times. And then we've also heard that things are continuously changing. So agility, whether it's technologically based or skill based, needs to be of the most importance. Like paying attention to that is very important. So how, 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 Paul, like how do we look at those things and say, how do we continue to maintain this while we continue to evolve? Because without that, we fall flat, perhaps. We do. We can often at times be caught in a place of inertia just based on like the challenges that we face and not knowing for a clear path forward. So look, like most things in life, I try to keep it pretty simple and keep it current, I think, is the outlook that I think both the individual and an organization can take in this. So start by reflecting our, where, where are you today and where do you want to be tomorrow? This is from an individual's perspective. And I think also from an organization's perspective. But let's dig into what we need more from the individual, and then we'll talk about what an organization can do or not. So identify and assess current skills and the skills you will need in order to attain the job that you want in the future. 
and develop a plan to continuously build those skills because we noticed like those skills are constantly evolving and sometimes old skills come back to being new skills again and they just become more embedded in in different roles uh, and seek to continuously build resilience and adaptability have a goal a growth mindset i think as sort of foundational mindsets to to sort of bring not only to your your day-to-day work but to what your career planning and mapping is as a for, as an ongoing well baby says you may have a goal but it's likely once you get there goal will continue to progress and take you to somebody's else. So have that continuous mindset of uh, growth, adaptability, and resilience. And then finally, I, I, I definitely don't have all the answers. And I engage in these conversations all the time, like this, like we're doing it right here. Lean into your network, insight, opinions, growth opportunities. And it's also good to offer back to your network on that too. What can you add to your network? And how can you be a power to others in the network as well? I think from an organization's perspective, we discussed it a little before, but it's important to have an effective workforce planning process that is adaptable and that's built on collaboration and aligns with the direction the organization's taking. Ensure that the talent strategy that is everything from the talent acquisition to the L&D team to the workforce skill development teams, whatever that might look like, to the managers in the organization are connected and at a holistic perspective. Is being, is being taken. Hopefully things just don't fall into the silos and get kept within silos. It's important for all parties to talk. Keep an eye on the marketplace whenever you're doing any sort of strategic analysis. It's important to not only look at what your competitors are doing, but other best practices might be taking place and what other skill needs are rising across the industry sectors or society in general. Leveraged internal resources. I think this option gets gets overloaded. It's leveraging internal resources to to get you where you want to go. So thinking about mo- mentoring, coaching, um, development initiatives that bring pe- people along that's tied to their work, as opposed to traditional L and D or workforce training. And one last thing I think is important is to embrace and support diversity and inclusion in the workforce, as this. Accelerates organizational and individual growth and performance, but it's also it, it continues to help people recognize that one type of group does not have all the answers. And bringing together the diversity and being inclusive to identify different skill sets, different experiences, enable the organization to achieve where they're going with greater speed and with greater adaptability and resilience. So, what for that is what organizations can do. really good context. And I think one of the biggest things is understanding where to start. And you could start in kind of different areas depending on where you're at. So like that that entire or- overview gives some identifiable factors to to where it can be implemented in certain areas and how to how to keep up. So let's keep talking about the future. What are like as far as predictability goes, like what skills do you think are going to become <clears throat> excuse me? more crucial in like the next five years or so and how would companies maybe start to I have two questions so I'm going to start start there what do you think are like the upcoming skills that are going to be crucial for the future like five years or so 
Physical, I'm use your Marty McFly analogy. I sort of go out on a limb here, but like, I mean, maybe for entertainment purposes, it might be funny to revisit this again in a few years' time to see how, how accurate or inaccurate I might have been. I tend to, to, to look at this across a couple of different areas. So I think from technology skills, career skills, creative skills are sort of the buckets that I sort of look at this in. Technology skills, something that I'm trying to work on myself on an ongoing basis because it's an alien sort of skill. It's not something I, I grew up with. So I'm continuously trying to build awareness and understanding for this. They continue to be on the rise. And this includes developing a proficiency with digital tools, data analysis, emerging technology that we constantly see all around like AI, machine learning, blockchain, things that I couldn't define maybe two years ago, really, to be very honest with you. Now I've got a bit of a better understanding, but I wouldn't say I'm like poor to my role. I understand how maybe they fit into things in a, in a, in more than they did a few years ago. I think it's important to recognize that having that understanding is critical because tasks we may have looked at these as being only relatable to or related to specific technology roles, but that ship has sailed now. It's, they're relevant to all roles in an organization. And it's interesting because I have, I've also observed that like technology is becoming more accessible to the masses, not just from a consumer perspective, but from an application perspective. And we're starting to see areas such as low code or no code development tools and platforms that enable people to sort of get jobs done and get things done without having that programming skill or expertise in hand. So things can be tested and learned quickly that enable teams to adapt. I think within the tech space, another area that's in continued importance is data analysis and data interpretation. And it has become increasingly important for individuals to understand that they can use tools to interpret and uh, derive meaningful insights from data. Uh, again, this used to be sort of siloed into one, one function, but now it becomes a function or responsibility of more of everybody, I think, on Teams. And finally, something I have zero experience at all, but I continue to see the rise in this quickly as digital transformation drives how businesses work in cybersecurity. Now, not that I have an interest in that, but you know what? If I was starting a business, if I'm thinking about my business going forward, I want to have a cybersecurity buddy in the future. That's what the way <laughs> I'm that. Yes, that's my daughter's going to college next year, and that's what she wants to major in. All right, move there. So, <laughs> move there yeah. Good, good, good career coach. You got your parts. No, actually, I did, well, uh, maybe a little bit. I'll take maybe 3%. Uh, well, oh, we should, we should have heard No, I know. I mean, is a little, 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 <laughs> a little more. I mean, she has liked technology. So I am more technology illiterate. So, but she's liked it. And I know that there is a lot of demand and we've talked a lot about because we do a lot of training and cybersecurity. So we certainly have right. talked about the opportunity and whether even she should go to college because a lot of times, that, especially for technology, there's a lot of excellent certification programs, right. but that's a, that's a whole nother story. By the way, I yes. should, I should, I should follow that up by saying quick kudos to your daughter as well for identifying, say, a skill area that probably is meaningful to her. <laughs> oh, and, uh, so 97% of the credit needs to go to her for taking us trying yes. to figure that out over right. here. Um, so yeah. hopefully she'll stay with it because as we know, everybody tends to switch their major, right. but we shall see. She's been very passionate about it. So I know there's always the age old question about do you, train your employees into the skills that they want or 
Is it easier for an organization, especially as they map out their strategic plan, to hire somebody with those skills? What are you seeing when you're working with organizations? I think it's a mixture of both. I think that there are pluses and minuses to both approaches. The benefits that accrue from developing your workforce internally, if you have the resources and you have the time, I think includes leveraging the internal expertise, knowledge of the culture, driving a great engagement, building loyalty, and there's less risk involved in that as well because you, you, you know the people. But there are sort of cons to that, which might be that like not everybody's got the time and resources to, to support that. And some skill gaps are hard to address internally. And so you also, I've, I've been there where we've seen skill transformation and, and the, in any change, obviously we all experience some from, from different angles, like resistance and, and to that change as well. So it can, it can, it can stall that process from it, building it, bringing in external talent. It does allow you to move fast, bring in new ideas and perspectives that can really shake up an organization and drive that organization forward. Or if there's a more urgent need, it can sort of help accelerate towards that immediate need problem you're trying to solve as well. But we see it on an ongoing basis, just the expense, the cost of acquiring talent these days, particularly technology-related talent, and to capture experienced talent was so significant that it's one restrictive to do this as your as your your like your palette development strategy going forward. So you've got to find ways instead to 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 build talent internally. And to do so, most organizations I think are moving away from that traditional L and D training approach and looking at ways to integrate developments into different forms of engagement that come out of the training room. So that's everything from coaching skills career development conversations, to looking for mentoring, supporting mentoring programs, partnerships with universities, looking at ways to, um, I think, build engagement across the workforce by maybe taking individuals who have built skill sets and enabling them to share that or become the expert in that within the organization that then supports other people's development and models what growth looks like within the organization. The, the, the one thing I think that organizations maybe should do too much is either focus on one particular approach to talent development, i.e. let's just go all in on technology. I think we've got to keep the people in people development. I think we've got to look for individuals who are looking to step up and share their skills. We need to build networks, enable mentoring to take place, look for experiential developments based on those career maps that would have been created within an organization. And I really think about this holistically and through a variety of different approaches as opposed to one traditional L&D approach that I think we've, we've really moved on from in the last five to, to 10 years. So if we're preparing for future skills, in a sense, and kind of like getting those things other underway organizationally, whether it's to, like you said, develop people that are already there internally, or you're prepping and hiring for like new people coming in. If we're preparing for the skills, can you also like re-career map in the sense of if I acquire 
these people with these skills, this is the path that they would be on? I think it's really, I'm not sure if I'm going to answer this correctly, Jocelyn, but I'm just going to share like one, one thing I mentioned earlier on about agility and adaptability. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you come or where you arrive from today, it's going to be important that, yes, you may have a goal for either the individuals in your team or for you as an individual to consider where you're going next and how you're going to get there. And understanding that that goal could change or the direction will change and the path will change. So having that, I think organizations are looking to, to build and individuals should be looking to build this as well, this sort of culture of learning and development, that growth mindset at an individual level and expand it across an organization where individuals are not just thinking about, hey, what I've done in the past and what it means for me today, but how they can adapt their skills to further growth going forward. And so having that lens of adaptability, agility, and growth mindset is critical, not only from the individual level, but from the organizational's perspective on how they're going to get to where they're going to go. As I say, I can't clearly tell you where I think we'll be five years from now. I know that some of the skills that we have today that we've identified will be critical, but it's likely that we haven't seen or fully be able to comprehend the pace of change that's going to, we're going to experience in the next five years with scaled automation and AI in many roles. So skill sets will, 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 will drastically change and individuals being able to adapt to that change is probably going to be one of the most important skills that people will need in order to get there. And organizations will also need to be really creative when it comes to solving their people development problems, getting out of that traditional mentality around what a career map looks like and thinking about what an agile career map will look like and the agile skills that individuals need to get there. Hopefully that sort of gets to where you were maybe going with that, but it does because it's all the content. Yeah, because I think the the important part of what you said is that it that it it takes a if you're pre planning for it in that manner, it kind of takes away part of the robustness of a program that some that organizations would put into place. Like you can you can plan for that, but like it it organizational to make it work organizationally, it's still about the individual. And there's there's things that come into play case by case that would affect that long term kind of map in that one person that's on it. So it's yeah, it's important to look at all the details and have that agility to be like, if I'm planning for this and I end up on a different path, how do I forge forward and still maintain the the goals on on the other side? So I it absolutely answered the question because it's every it's all it's all based on the customization. What? customization of the program that you need and i think that's a beautiful thing about career mapping and why it's important you said that right it's interesting what you mentioned about the customization piece there because i I think what we're 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 hearing or definitely seeing and then there's a hear more and more about is adaptive learning plans or adaptive development plans and obviously if an organization's investing any resources in development of their employees and if it is going to be successful, it needs to be aligned with where the organization's going. And that's how you can choose what resources, be it people, be it cash, that you're putting towards that development is going to happen. But the, the, that's why it's important, though, for, for doing this on an ongoing basis for organizations not to set their skill sets that will need five years from now, today, and stick with those skills, but rather to be continuously evaluating and seeing what those skill areas are, where the organization is with getting those skill areas, what other skills need to be 
to be developed as well. And so that adaptive skill or career mapping is going to be critical with the amount of change we see taking place. And also individuals themselves, they change. They change based on what they're, where, where they're going as well. So you've got to constantly ask, is this role that I'm looking for the role that actually is aligned with my goals down the road? So this is an ongoing conversation and dialogue that needs to take place. And one where, going back to the point about trust earlier on, I think is important as well, because if people are open and have that transparency and trusting relationship, you can have this conversation in a manner that drives towards shared goals, both for the individual and the organization. Sometimes it might be, hey, okay, we're going in different directions and everybody has to be able to have that conversation as well. Slightly off point. No, but but valid at the same time. It's a, it's again, it goes back to the the reoccurring themes of of trust and agility and forward thinking. It's all very very important stuff. How do you ensure engagement from the employees? I guess on on this side of things, like what are some best practices to ensure that these activities that you talk about these the robustness of the program is seen as a valuable tool because they want to participate. So again, starting off with that foundation of trust and transparent communication, I think something that really is sort of, it creates an ongoing dialogue around the purpose, benefits, and understanding what the goal of having a career mapping plan is, both for the individual and for the organization's development as well. So having that conversation, starting that off, planning for that conversation, Having that as an ongoing sort of understanding is 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 uh, key to engaging the individuals. If if you're sending an employee or a team on that on that path, then it's important that they feel supported and that they feel that their participation is going to be not only connected to the work that they're doing today, but also to their individual goals for tomorrow. And that they see that reflected also in the the work that they're doing and the team goals or the organization goals. So it's that all parties are benefiting from the direction that they're moving. Again, I think this would be something that it would be important to have regular check-ins between the manager and the individual about how, what activities they're taking, how that activity is helping the individual, what challenges they may be facing. Again, having ongoing coaching conversations that connect with that shared understanding of what the goal is. And meet recognition and reward that can be informal, such as shout outs where people achieve major goals. It can be enabling individuals to share what they've learned, how it impacted or drove success, how that new idea has come to fruition and is now driving the organization or the team forward is important. But also, you, you've got to look for or and be able to provide new roles and career opportunities. And I think organizations are thinking differently about that as well these days. It's not always a linear next level role. It could be horizontal. It could be looking to move across into a new function or a new silo area, skill silo area that requires lateral movements, but with greater opportunity for growth there. And, and, and having an understanding that or both parties having an understanding that all of this is in service of that long-term career goal. So just sort of having this as a once-off and set the set the, the the process in motion will just get you started. It really requires ongoing engagement, conversation, and support that uh, the organization and the manager are providing. 
So, Paul, this has all been excellent information and a topic that I think that we probably don't hear enough about. What's some final thoughts that you would give to our listeners? How should organizations help in this area? I, I think that it needs to be, people need to be transparent about what they're what the direction of the organization is and provide clarity where they can around the skills that they need in order to move forward and what the opportunities will be for individuals with those skills and opportunities. So as the people are moving in that direction together. So I think that's, that's, that's critical. There's transparency. And if, and, and in order to do that, you've got to start with knowing where you're going. Okay. So that's, that's, that's really important. Then I think after that, I think the other part that it would be really critical is to, again, leverage that inclusive mindset to think about what exists within the organization that may be overlooked, what exists maybe outside the organization that other people are doing that could be important and that could enable career movements. All the answers don't exist within. So it's important to maybe see what you can learn from others, bring in and, and again, and talk to people internally about why these changes are occurring or what you're trying to do and achieve by having this. And then finally, challenge the thinking around what developments and what career pathing means traditionally and what it means for today and maybe how we'll get you where you're going tomorrow. Because if we, I think you said it's often maybe overlooked and we see so much in the news today going on about the skills of the future or actually the needs of the future. What needs will they be and what skills? Well, like it's, it's okay for people not to have the answers but if we're taking steps towards solving or trying to find those answers, it's going to require all parties to be involved in that conversation. So don't avoid it. Bring people to the table, bring employees to the table, bring management to the table, bring cross functions to the table, bring outside perspectives to the table to really challenge what your current perspective is and shake it up in order to, to move it forward and do things in an agile manner. I love that closing thought of challenging the the thoughts, the, 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 the existing thought behind what, what career mapping is right now and making it more agile for the future. I love, love it. Challenge the thinking. That's what you said. I, I love like that too. Phrase. That's excellent. Well, Paul, you've answered a lot of questions for us and it's been really fun, but there's a second part to this that could be even more fun and it's the TTA 10. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. Oh, Paul, is going to be a good time. So we talked about it a little bit before the episode started, but the TTA 10 is 10 playful questions that I'm going to ask you rapid fire. We're going to put 90 seconds on the clock, and the goal is to answer it in 90 seconds or less. And if you do, we will celebrate your achievement. And if you do not, we will do the opposite because you will not have achieved anything but a loss, okay? But <laughs> either way, you're going to get a really awesome outro from producer Dave, and um, it's all in the name of good fun. So. You did technically accept the challenge by coming on the show, so I just have to ask if you're ready for said challenge. Ready, more importantly, are you? (laughs) I am always ready. Um, 90 seconds, David. I think we're ready. All right, Jocelyn, 90 seconds on the TTA 10 clock, beginning now. All right, Paul, what was the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, John Spencer Blues Explosion in Houston, maybe about 20 years ago. Awesome. My ears are still ringing. 
<laughs> Which celebrity would you like to sit down and have a coffee with, alive or not? With celebrity, um, I really like Anthony Bourdain. I miss him. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, but what is a tuffet? No clue. <laughs> what is the best way to unwind at the end of a long day? Let me see. It's, um, for me, at this point in time, it's a crossword, but that's how I have adapted and changed. Previously, it was going out, meeting people, and having a beer. There you go. What is six plus four? Ten. Santa's taking a sick day, so who's coming down the chimney on Christmas Eve? Um, I would like to see who has come down the chimney. Uh, Fred Astaire. <laughs> what is a motto that you live your life by? I try to live by the do unto others as you would have done to yourself. How much is that doggy in the window? It is going at a bargain basement price of you take it for free, but you've got no returns. <laughs> what is your preference, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. Which sports team are you always rooting for? Liverpool Football Club. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, well. gosh, Paul, if I only knew that. Right. Well, see now. We're oh, gonna okay. We'll have to. Episode. Well, yeah. We're gonna right? do that. Right answer. Right, <laughs> oh, the only okay. answer. Right. We're gonna. We're gonna have answer. to talk. We'll talk about that after David calculates it. We'll have yes. to talk about Liverpool. David, make sure you didn't include that part. We threw you a curveball. We needed you to stop the timer and deduct <laughs> the remaining seconds of this further conversation <laughs> of my so interruption. Yes. Is what I need the results of at this time, please. You're lucky the TTA 10 research and math department is hard at work, and we have determined the following, that Paul comes in at 1 minute and 28 seconds, well below the threshold, and he is a TTA 10 champion. Yes, all right. So we have a special salute. Now, little did you all know that I'm half Irish. So... I can get back to my roots a little bit, and we all know uh, one of the more famous places in Ireland. Irish step dancing. It's, 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 yes, we do a little river dance later. Everyone, get your tap shoes on. <clears throat> but uh, we all know we know Dublin, Ireland, of course. But we also know Limerick, Ireland. So we have prepared a limerick to salute Paul, and it goes as follows. And and you non-Irish among you might not understand some of these expressions, but we do. There once was a lad named Paul from Dublin. He answered the call. In Carolina, he stays with the gift for coaching always. Guiding leaders, he's just deadly overall. Career mapping, his wisdom has no end. He's me fella. His standards don't bend. From finance to tech, his teachings connect. With Paul, you're sucking diesel, my friend. So let's strip away all the clutter. Paul will steer you when you can't find the rudder. He can always manage. His skills are just savage. Paul's refined. He's no rugger bugger. And when the TTA 10 bell did ring, I'm not cutting you. He was the king. It didn't take long. He was squarely bang on. And about his success, we will sing. You can tell by now we're Paul backers. We shout his virtues from the rafters. Paul, take a bow, but I need to leg it now. After all this Paul love fest, I'm feeling quite knackered. Congratulations, Paul. TTA 10 champion. Thank you, David, and 
can I say that Limerick will definitely be up there in the pantheon of great Irish literature at this point in time. Uh, so uh, I'm feeling humbled to be part of that. Thank you. Was that damning by faint praise? I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway. <laughs> very, very good job, Paul. Very, very good episode. For more information on career mapping and bringing Paul into your organization, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.